In this recording, we're going to look at when the famous story of Avraham waiting outside his tent and the three angels who he thinks are visitors come to visit him at the beginning of Parshas Vayera, when that story happened. So we'll see that there are two major views. One is that it happened around Pesach time and the other is that it happened around Sukkot time. And then we'll see that in the Torah, there's proof for both of these opinions. So the issue begins with a very fundamental debate which is recorded in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Yud Ahmed Beis. There is a dispute between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua when the world was created. What month on the calendar was creation in? So Rabbi Eliezer holds it was created in Tishrei, and Rabbi Yehoshua holds that it was created in Nisan. So this is a very important debate, and it has a lot of ramifications in terms of different historical events and when they occurred. So Rabbi Eliezer believes that the world was created in Tishrei time. Now, the Ran quotes that it doesn't actually mean Tishrei. It means that the human beings were created on the first day of Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah, but the world was created five days earlier on the 25th of Elul. So that was the actual day of creation. But Rabbi Eliezer means that around Tishrei time, the world was created and the first human being was created on the day that we now call Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yoshua, on the other hand, says that the world was created in Nisan. Now, the question is, whose view do we accept practically for halacha? So the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Chavzayin Abed Aleph, points out that the language of our davening on Rosh Hashanah is Zehayom Tchilas Maasecha, Zikaron Liyom Rishon. This is the day of the beginning of your creation, a remembrance for the first day. So that certainly sounds like the view of Rabbi Eliezer, that the world was created in Tishra. But Tosvos raises an issue because the Gemara earlier on Yudbezim and Aleph seemed to rule like Rabbi Yoshua. So Rabbeinu Tam says that we actually follow the view of Rabbi Yoshua, that the world was created in Nisan, and what it means in the davening of Rosh Hashanah that this is the first day of creation refers to the judgment of creation, not the actual creation itself. This is based on an analysis of the Gemara there. But then Tosos raises the problem that Rabbi Eliezer HaKalir, the most prominent of the poets, who wrote the piyutim for our davening, so he seems to contradict himself on this issue. Because in the Shemini Atzeres davening, there's a poem from Rabbi Eliezer HaKalir, and that follows the view of Rabbi Eliezer that the world was created in Tishrei. Whereas the piyut for the Pesach davening from the same Rabbi Eliezer HaKalir follows the view of Rabbi Yoshua that the world was created in Nisan. So basically, whatever season he's in, he's following the view that it was created at that time. So Rabbi Nutam says this is not a contradiction. Elu ve'elu divrei Elohim chayim. Both views are correct, meaning both Rabbi Eliezer and both Rabbi Yoshua are correct. In Tishrei, Hashem thought about creating the world, but it wasn't actualized until Nisan. So both of these seasons are moments of creation. Tishrei is when Hashem thought about creation, and Nisan is when he actualized it. And the debate between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua is which one to prioritize, but they both agree that both Tishrei as well as Nisan are moments of creation. 
Now, the Ran on the Rif on Tazayin Amad Aleph also discusses this issue, whether we follow the view of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, but he thinks that there's some practical ramifications for this as well. The issue that he raises is why is Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishrei, a day of judgment? So according to Rabbi Eliezer, this makes perfect sense because humanity was created on the first of Tishrei and everything is judged when it's being created. So the produce is judged as it's starting to be created. Water is judged as it's starting to be created around Sukkot time. So the same thing is true for people that they are judged on the birth date of humanity. But according to Rabbi Yoshua, why should Rosh Hashanah be the first of Tishrei and not around Nisan time, like every other thing in the world that's judged around when it's being created. So Duran explains that the reason Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei, according to Rabbi Yoshua, is to put it right before Yom Kippur for our own benefit so that we're judged around the season of atonement. Now, based on this, the Ran says that there is a custom to say slichos before Rosh Hashanah. We have two predominant customs nowadays. The Sephardim do it the whole month of Elul, and the Ashkenazim do it at least four days before Rosh Hashanah, beginning on a Saturday night. Now, the Ran records another custom that in Barcelona, Spain, they would say slichos beginning on the 25th of Elul. Says the Ran, that custom follows Rabbi Eliezer because he holds that the creation of the world was the 25th of Elul and the creation of humanity was on the 1st of Tishrei. So that's why they begin slichos on the 25th of Elul. So the Barcelona custom seems to hold that we follow the view of Rabbi Eliezer. On the the other hand, says Duran that he agrees with Rabbeinu Tam that we really follow the view of Rabbi Yoshua. And if we follow Rabbi Yoshua's view, then the 25th of Elul is not a significant day. Nothing happened on that day. The only reason why Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei is to put it before Yom Kippur. But there's no significance to the 25th of Elul. So that's why in the city of Gerona, they do not say any slichos before Rosh Hashanah. It sounds like they say some between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but there are no slichos before Rosh Hashanah because that follows the view of Rabbi Yoshua that there is no significance to the 25th of Elul. And then the Ran quotes the custom of the Sephardim to say slichos the entire month of Elul, and that's based on a different calculation. But either way, this is an interesting issue. According to the Ran, this custom of saying slichos from the 25th of Elul to Rosh Hashanah would depend on whether we follow the view of Rabbi Eliezer or Rabbi Oshua. Now, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Yud Aleph adds that this debate is going to affect when a number of major events in Jewish history occurred. Because the holidays that we celebrate did not become significant only after the Torah was given, but these were auspicious dates from the beginning of time. So the Gemara goes through a number of major events which occurred on the holidays even before the giving of the Torah. So for example, Sarah and Rachel and Chana 
Hannah, those three great Jewish mothers were answered their prayers for children on Rosh Hashanah. So Rosh Hashanah was a significant day even before the giving of the Torah. Likewise, Yosef was freed from prison in Egypt on Rosh Hashanah. Now, some of the dates depend on the debate between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, the Avos, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were born in Tishrei and died in Tishrei because again, for him, Tishrei is the significant month with the exception of Yitzchak who was born on Pesach. As opposed to Rabbi Yoshua, who holds that the Avos were born and died, all of them in Nisan, because for him, that's the significant date. So the Avos were born and died in Nisan, and Yitzchak was born on Pesach. Also, both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua agree that the Jews were redeemed in Nisan. Clearly, the exodus from Egypt happened in Nisan season. And they also both agree that the work in Egypt stopped on Rosh Hashanah. So the actual labor stopped on Rosh Hashanah and then they were redeemed on Pesach. But there is a debate when the future redemption is going to be. According to Rabbi Eliezer, it's in Tishrei. According to Rabbi Yoshua, it's in Nisan. And again, that follows their overall debate, which of these seasons is the main season of creation and redemption. Now, to round out this debate, the Balaturim says something very cute that Bereshis, the first word in the Torah, is the same letters as Aleph B'Tishrei, the first of Tishrei. So that's a cute little proof according to the view of Rabbi Eliezer that the world was created in Tishrei. It's spelled out in the word Bereshis. Now, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah goes through a lot of these historical events and how Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua derive when they happened from the Torah. So we're going to focus in on the story of Yitzchak's birth. Again, they both agree that Yitzchak was born on Pesach. And the Gemara says that the proof for this is because when the angels come to visit Avraham, so one of the things that they do is they give him a message that he's going to have a son. And the way they phrase it is, La moed ashuv eilecha. I'm going to return at the next moed. Now, moed means an appointed time, but we use it to refer to Yom Tov, to the holidays. So the angel is telling him, I'm going to return at the next moed, the next season, and your wife is going to have a child. So the way the Gemara interprets this, and this is not the simple reading of the Torah, but it's the way the rabbis are uncovering meaning beneath the language of the Torah that the angel is saying to Avraham, next holiday, I'm going to return and your wife is going to have a son. So he's standing on one holiday, meaning the day that he tells him this is one holiday, and he's telling him the next holiday your wife is going to give birth. So the Gemara says, what two holidays could we be talking about? If it was Pesach and the angel said the next holiday shall give birth, that would refer to Shavuos, which is seven weeks later. So that's far too short to have a pregnancy. 50 days is not enough for a pregnancy. Now, let's say it was Shavuos and the angel said on Sukkot she'll have a baby. So that's only five months. Again, that's not enough time to have a pregnancy. So the only option is that it was Sukkot, meaning the angels visited Avraham on Sukkot and they told him next holiday, which is Pesach, which is six months later, she's going to have a baby. Now, the Gemara asks, according to the Halacha, the minimum viable pregnancy 
is seven months. Nowadays, with modern medicine, there could be a viable pregnancy even less than that. But in the Gemara's times, the assumption was that no baby could live less than a seven-month pregnancy. So six months is again not enough to have a viable baby. So the Gemara answers that year was a leap year. So there was an extra month between Sukkot and Pesach, and it was seven months. But still, the Gemara asks that even if there were seven months that year between Sukkot and Pesach, it's still not enough time because Sarah did not get pregnant on Sukkot. She became a Nida on Sukkot. Her cycle came back. So she had to wait to get out of the Nida cycle, and then she got pregnant. So there were not seven full months of pregnancy. There was only six and a half. So the Gemara answers that six and a half is enough. That could be a viable pregnancy. So that must have been the story of Sarah that she got pregnant two weeks after Sukkot. And then six and a half months later on the first day of Pesach, she gave birth to Yitzchak, who was a preemie. But of course, it was a viable pregnancy. So that is the timeline that the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Yud Aleph Amid Aleph presents. So according to this view, the story at the beginning of Parshas Vayera of Avraham's hospitality, that he was sick and he was waiting outside his tent to get visitors. And then the three angels dressed up as visitors came and he fed them. That whole story happened on Sukkot. And they told him that the next holiday, which was Pesach, he would have a son. Now, Tosos asks a question that the Gemara in Bamitzia, Peivov Amid Beis, and Rashi also quotes this in his commentary on the Torah, says that the story happened on the third day after Avraham's bris milah. And because Avraham was 99 years old, so this was incredibly painful, and the third day is the most painful day. So Hashem tried to prevent visitors from coming to give Avraham a break, but Avraham famously did not want the break. He wanted to do hospitality. He was a man of chesed, and he loved serving guests. Now, Tosos points out that according to the timeline in the Gemara, that the story happened on Sukkot. So that means that Avraham's bris milah must have happened in Tishrei time because it was three days earlier. So the bris must have been in Tishrei. And in fact, Toso says that the Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer says that Avraham's bris happened on Yom Kippur, on the 10th of Tishrei. So that fits in with the whole timeline. Avraham did his bris on the 10th of Tishrei. And then the story of the angels visiting him happened around Sukkot time. Now, Tosos points out that according to the Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer, the angels did not actually come on Sukkot itself. They came on the 12th of Tishrei, which was three days after the bris, but two days before Sukkot. There's four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. So the angels were there on the third day after the bris, which was two days before Sukkot. But Toso says it doesn't really matter that the Gemara seems to say they were there on Sukkot, whereas according to the exact timeline, they were there on the 12th of Tishrei, two days before, because it's all the same thing. It's so close to Sukkot that it's like it was already Sukkot. So when the angel said to Avraham, next holiday, you're going to have a baby, obviously they weren't talking about Sukkot two days later. They were talking about the next festival, which is Pesach, six months, and that year it was seven months later. So even though it was two days before Sukkot, you could still talk about it as the time of Sukkot. And that makes sense because even nowadays, a day or two before Sukkot, people are already acting and talking like it's Sukkot. 
So if someone says the holiday, you understand they're talking about Sukkot. They're not talking about Pesach, which is six months out. So likewise, when the angel said next holiday, after this holiday, your wife's going to give birth, it was understood that it's talking about Pesach, which comes after Sukkot. So that's how Tosvos understands the timeline of the Gemara. The commandment for Avraham to do bris milah at the end of Parshas Lech Lecha was around Tishrei time. And then Avraham went right ahead and did the mitzvah on the 10th of Tishrei. And then the angels showed up on the 12th of Tishrei and told him that the next holiday at Pesach, he would have a son. So the whole timeline fits together very nicely. Now, Tosos adds that once the Gemara says that a viable pregnancy could be six and a half months as well, so we don't need to say that that year was a leap year, even if there was only six months between Sukkot and Pesach, it still could work. If Sarah got pregnant a week after Sukkot, and she gave birth at the end of Pesach. So that would be over six months. So that could work. But Tosos quotes that the Seder Olam says that Yitzchak was not born at the end of Pesach. He was born on the first day, which is the 15th of Nisan. So it's not going to work to say that Yitzchak was born on the last day of Pesach, the 22nd of Nisan, when the Medrash has a tradition that Yitzchak was born on the 15th of Nisan. So those are the first two points of Tosvos. First of all, that the angels actually came on the 12th of Tishrei, two days before Sukkot, and that Yitzchak was not just born on Pesach, but he was born on the first day of Pesach. Now Tosvos points out that there is a totally another tradition as to when the angels visited Avraham, when that story happened. So he quotes that there is a piyot from Reb Meir Shliach Tzibor that's said on the first night night of Pesach, and it says, that Avraham served his guests matzahs on the first night of Pesach. So he holds that the angels came and visited Avraham on the holiday of Pesach. And that's the view of the Bracious Rabbah. It says that when Avraham asked Sarah, Lushi Vasi Ugos, make cakes, that's a reference to matzahs for Pesach. So according to this tradition, the story happened on Pesach. And what is the word Lamoed Ashuve Lecha? At the next Moed, I will return. So we saw the Gemara understands that it's referring to a festival. It's saying there's this festival that we're in right now and the next festival I will return and your wife will have a child. Says Tosvos, according to this other tradition that the angels came on Pesach and told Avraham that a year later he would have a son. So the next Pesach, a year later, was Yitzchak's birthday. So Yitzchak was not a premature baby after only six and a half months, he had a regular nine-month pregnancy, and Sarah had a few months after her cycle returned to get pregnant, and then 12 months later, Yitzchak was born. So the way this tradition understands the phrase, la moed ashuve lecha, is next year, meaning there's the holiday of Pesach right now, and la moed in the following year, at the next appointed time of Pesach, I will return. 
That's how Unculus understands that phrase that Lamoed means in a year from now. And the Medrash Tanhuma also says that the angel made a line on the wall and he said when the sun returns to this spot, so that's a year later, I will return and that's the meaning of Lamoed, that's when you will have a son. And this is also the view of Rashi and his commentary on the Torah that the angel's visit was on the holiday of Pesach. So now we have a debate. The Gemara's view is that the angels visited on Sukkis, whereas the Midrashim and Rashi on the Torah take the approach that the angels visited on Pesach. Now, Tosos raises a problem with this second view, that the angel's visit was on Pesach, because Tosos assumes that the commandment of Brismila at the end of Parshas Lech Lecha was right before the angel's visit. So if this all happened around Pesach time in Nisan, so then the timeline is off. Because again, the Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer says that Avraham's bris mila was on Yom Kippur. So it means that Hashem commanded him to do bris mila in Nisan. And then the angels visited on Pesach. But Avraham didn't do the bris mila until six months later. So why would he wait? The rule is reason makdim in lemitzvos, especially when it comes to bris mila, that we do the bris as soon as possible. So why did Avraham wait six months or so after the commandment before he actually did the bris mila? And even more problematic is that the Torah says ba'etzem hayomazeh that the bris had to take place on the day it was commanded, not six months later. So this is a big problem according to this timeline. How could it be that Avraham was commanded to do the bris around Pesach time and he didn't do it until Yom Kippur. So Tosos quotes from Rabbeinu Tam that the answer is that there are two totally different traditions as to what the timeline of all these events were. One of them has them all centered around Tishrei. So Avraham was commanded to do a bris on the 10th of Tishrei and he did it that day. And then the angels visited him around Sukkot time. So that's one timeline. And they told him that at Pesach he would have a son. The second time timeline is that Avraham was commanded to do the bris around Pesach time and he did the bris that day in Nisan and then the angels showed up on Pesach and they told him that the following year he would have a son. So there are two totally separate timelines and the Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer that Avraham did his bris on Yom Kippur only fits in with the view of the Gemara that the angels visited him on Sukkot so all those events happened around Sukkot time. And Rabbeinu Tam adds that this debate is the debate between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. Because when the angels say la moed hazet at this time, so it sounds like next year, there's going to be a change in the calendar year. Now, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the calendar changes at Tishrei. And according to Rabbi Yoshua, it changes at Nisan. So the Gemara that says that it was Sukkot follows the view of Rabbi Yoshua that Nisan is the new year. So when they said to him, we're going to come back next Pesach, which is the next year, that follows the view of Rabbi Yoshua that by Pesach time, six months later, it's going to be a new calendar year. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, that was not a new year until the following Tishrei. So the view of the Midrashim and Rashi that the angels came on Pesach 
follows the view of Rabbi Eliezer that the calendar does not turn over until Tishrei. So that's why they said we're going to come back the following Pesach in a year from now when there's a Tishrei in the middle and that will be the start of a new year. So Pesach one year from now will be in the next calendar year. So according to Rabbi Tam, these two traditions reflect the two views of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, whether the world was created in Nisan or in Tishrei. So now at the end of Tosos' analysis, we have two major timelines as to when the story of the angel's visit happened, and there's two specific dates when it could have happened. Either the 12th of Tishrei, three days after Yom Kippur, or the 15th of Nisan, one year exactly before Yitzchak was born. Now the Pnei Yoshua has two comments on this Tosvos, and he raises three major issues. First of all, according to Rabbeinu Tam's approach, Rabbi Eliezer in the Gemara, who says that the world was created in Tishrei, does not agree with the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, which comes from the same author's yeshiva. So ideally, they would agree with each other. But the Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer says that Avraham's bris was on Yom Kippur. And according to Rabbeinu Tam, that follows the view of Rabbi Yoshua as opposed to Rabbi Eliezer. So that's a bit unusual, but it's not a huge problem. Second, how could Rabbeinu Tam say that Rabbi Eliezer himself holds that the angels came on Pesach when the Gemara, which is discussing both Rabbi Yehoshua and Rabbi Eliezer, says that the angels came on Sukkot and they said La Moed Hazeh at the next holiday of Pesach. So this seems to contradict Rabbeinu Tam, who said that according to Rabbi Eliezer, the angels showed up on Pesach, not on Sukkot. So this ties in with the third point of the Pnei Yoshua. He says that once Rabbeinu Tam is saying that there are two traditions, so there's clearly a debate when the angels visited Avraham. Was it around Sukkot or around Pesach? And not all the Midrashim are going to agree. There have to be Midrashim which disagree with each other. So now the Gemara in Bab Metziah, which says that the angels visited Avraham on the third day of his bris. So that's the Gemara that tells us that the bris and the story of the angels happened three days apart. But now says the Pnei Yoshua, once we know that there are different traditions about this, it could be not everyone agrees with that Gemara. So it could be that Rabbi Eliezer himself does not agree that the story of the angels happened on the third day of the bris. That is a different tradition. That tradition works in one of the other timelines. But Rabbi Eliezer himself has a third timeline, which fits into the Gemara and it fits into his own views as we know them. So he holds that the bris was commanded around Pesach time because in the commandment of the bris, in Bereshis Yud Zayin Chaf Aleph, Hashem uses the language that you're going to have a son Yitzchak Bashana HaAcheres next year. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, the bris commandment was around Pesach and Avraham did the bris at that point. Then six months later on Sukkot, the angels came for a visit and at that point they told him that six or seven months later at the next Pesach, he was going to have a child. So this is a third option of the timeline that the bris and the angel's commandment were not three days apart. They were six months apart. But this makes sense of some of the information we have. 
When Hashem told Avraham to do the bris, so he indicated that he would have a son a year later because that was Pesach when Avraham was 99 years old. So Avraham did the bris at that point. Then the angels visited the following sukkis. And as the Gemara says, they said, La Moed Hazeh, next holiday, which is now Pesach, a year after the bris, Avraham would have Yitzchak. So according to this third timeline that the Pnei Yoshua creates within Rebbe Eliezer, so now we could say that the angels actually visited on Sukkis itself, not on the 12th of Tishrei. Because we're not limited to say that the bris was on Yom Kippur and the angels visited three days later. There's a lot more flexibility according to the Pnei Yoshua's approach. So now we have a third option that the angels not only visited around the Sukkis, but they actually visited on Sukkot itself. And we'll see later that this will be important. Now, there is a fourth version of the timeline, and that is Rashi and his commentary on the Torah. So there's a number of problems in how Rashi makes sense of this story. On the one hand, Rashi clearly takes the approach that the angels visited Avraham on Pesach, not on Sukkot. In Yud Ches Yud, Rashi explains Ka'es Chaya that at this time next year, Sarah will be giving birth. And he repeats the same thing for Sukkot him later in Yudches Yudalid that La Moed Ashuv Elecha that refers to Pesach next year. So it was Pesach and the angel was saying next Pesach I'll return like the approach of Unkelis that Tosos quoted. And then Rashi continues with this in Yud Tes Gimel when the angels go from Avraham to visit Lot. So the Torah says that he made them matzos. So Rashi explains he made matzah because it was Pesach. So he includes even Lot in this whole timeline that it was Pesach and Lot was also celebrating Pesach. So when the angels came, he gave them matzahs because he wasn't eating chametz. And this is an overall idea of Rashi that he reads all sorts of holidays into the various stories of the Torah. Like later on when Yitzchak is planning to give the blessings to Esav in Chaf Zion Tess. So Rashi explains that that was Pesach. It was the night of the Seder and Yitzchak wanted Esav to bring the carbon Pesach for him. So that's why he needed two animals because because there's two sacrifices at the Seder night. So Rashi reads in all sorts of traditions regarding the holidays into these stories of the Avos, even though they're long before the holidays. But according to Rashi, they were still following these basic rules. But the issue with Rashi's timeline is that there seems to be a few days off. Because Rashi quotes the Gemara that the angels visited on the third day after Avraham's bris. So now, when it comes to the bris, Hashem tells Avraham that he's going to have a son, Lashana Ha'acheres, which seems to imply the same day the next year. So one year from the bris, he's going to have a son. Then when the angels come three days later, they say the same thing, that La Moed Lecha, in one year from today, you're going to have a son. So it's now three days off because these two events happened three days apart from each other. And according to Rashi, the angels visited on Pesach. Now, Tosos understands that the view that the angels visited on Pesach was the 15th of Nisan. And the angel told him in exactly one year from today, you're going to have a child. But according to this approach, Tosos rejects the idea that the angels came three days after the bris because then 
then there's a contradiction. Was Yitzchak born on the 12th or the 15th? So Toso says both of these events happened on the same day. The bris and the angel's visit were both on the 15th of Nisan. But that's not going to work in Rashi because Rashi explicitly said both that the angels came three days after the bris and that the angel told him you're going to have a child in exactly one year. So the Re'im and the Maharal in their commentaries on Rashi raised the issue that according to Rashi, the bris happened on the 12th. So now we have a contradiction. Was Yitzchak born on the 12th of Nisan, a year after the bris, or on the 15th of Nisan, a year after the angels visited? So the Maharal suggests that according to Rashi, the timeline is a little different than Tosvos. The bris was done on the 15th of Nisan, meaning on the first day of Pesach. And on that day, Hashem told him in one year from now, meaning on the 15th of Nisan next year, you're going to have a son. So Yitzchak was born on the first day of Pesach, like Tosvos said. But the angels visited three days later on the third day of of Pesach. So when the angel says to him, next year you're going to have a son on this holiday, he didn't mean on the third day of Pesach, he just meant on the holiday of Pesach overall. So according to the Maharal, Rashi overall agrees with the view that the angels came on Pesach, but he interprets it a little bit differently in the details. According to Rashi, the bris was on the first day of Pesach, the angels visited on the third day of Pesach, and they reinforced what Hashem had told Avraham three days earlier that Yitzchak would be born on the holiday of Pesach, even though they didn't mean that day, the third day of Pesach, they were referring to the holiday of Pesach in general. So that's the Maharal's timeline according to Rashi. The Re'im though has a different suggestion. He agrees with the Maharal's timeline according to the Gemara in Bab Metziah. So the Gemara that says that the angels visited three days after the bris, so the timeline would be that the bris was on the first day of Pesach and the angels visited on the third day. But says the Re'im, according to the other view that the angels said that Yitzchak would be born on this day, la moed lecha, so it can't be three days off. So that view must hold that they actually visited on the first day of Pesach and they told Avraham that exactly one year later he would have a son. So that medrash disagrees with the view of the Gemara that there were three days between the bris and the angel's visit. And according to that view, it was all on the same day. So how do you fit the bris and the angels visit on the same day. So the Re'im has a version of the Medrash where it says that this all happened on Erev Pesach. So on Erev Pesach, Avraham got the command and did the bris. And then that day, the angels showed up and they told him that one year later, which was the 15th of Nisan, I guess that evening, he would have a son. So that makes sense of the timeline. That's why both Hashem and the angels said to Avraham, in exactly one year, you're going to have a son because they were both on the 14th of Nisan on Erev Pesach. So they were both telling him that in one year, that evening on the 15th of Nisan, he would have a son. So there is no contradiction. But now the problem is, why does Rashi quote both of these traditions that there were three days between the bris and the angel's visit 
and that the angels visited on the first day of Pesach if those two traditions contradict each other. So now Rashi is quoting two traditions from the Medrash which disagree with each other. So there's an internal contradiction within Rashi. So the Re'em says this is not a problem. His view is that Rashi will do this. He will use different Midrashim to explain different Psukim even if they internally contradict. So that's what Rashi is doing in this case as well. Now the Maharal asks a cute question on the Re'em that if all of this happened on Erev Pesach, so we mentioned the Medrash before that when Avraham asked Sarah to make cakes, it refers to matzah, but how could he serve them matzah when you're not allowed to eat matzah on Erev Pesach until nightfall? So that's the cute question of the Maharal. But the Maharal thinks that this whole version of the Medrash that the Re'em had is incorrect. The Medrash does not say Erev Pesach. It says Pros HaPesach Haya, which means the middle of Pesach, and that refers to the third day of Pesach. So as we said, the Maharal thinks there is no contradiction between these Midrashim. Both the views that Rashi quotes hold that the bris happened on the first day of Pesach, and then the angels came on the third day of Pesach, which is Pros HaPesach, the middle of Pesach, and they told Avraham that he would have a son on Pesach, not on that exact day, but on the first day of Pesach next year. Whereas the Re'im has a different version of the Medrash where it says Erev Pesach. So according to the Re'im, there are two different versions. One is that the bris happened on the first day of Pesach and the angels visited three days later on the third day of Pesach. And the second version is that all of these events happened on Erev Pesach. So those are two different ways to make sense of the timeline according to Rashi's commentary on the Torah. Now, the Ramban, in his commentary on the Torah at the end of Parshas Lech Lecha, raises another problem with Rashi's timeline. The Torah says that Hashem commanded the bris, ba'etzem hayom hazeh, in the middle of the day. So Rashi explains that what it means is that it was Avraham and Yishmael's birthday. That was the day of Avraham's 99th birthday and Yishmael's 13th birthday. So on Yishmael's bar mitzvah, they had the brises of both Avraham and Yishmael. Smile. So the Ramban asks, how could it be that the day of the bris was Avraham's birthday when we followed the view of Rabbi Eliezer that the world was created in Tishrei and Avraham was born in Tishrei? So his birthday was in Tishrei. But on the other hand, according to Rashi, these events happened around Pesach time. So that means the commandment of the bris was either the 12th of Nisan or the 15th of Nisan, but certainly not on Avraham's birthday birthday, which was in Tishrei. So that's the Ramban's question on Rashi. He thinks that there's an internal contradiction. According to Rashi, Avraham's birthday was not around Pesach time. So the Ramban disagrees with Rashi's interpretation. He explains along the lines of Tosos and Rosh Hashanah that it means the day Avraham was commanded, he immediately did the bris on himself. He didn't wait at all. And he did everyone in his household. So it's telling us how quickly Avraham did this, that in one day, the whole thing was taken care of for everyone in his household. And he had a lot of people living in his household. So that's how the Ramban understands it. Now the Re'em and the Gur Aryeh point out that the Ramban's question is that we follow the view of Rabbi Eliezer that the world and the Avos were born in Tishrei. But we already saw that Rabbeinu Tam and Rashi also holds that we follow the view of Rabbi Yehoshua. So according 
according to that, there is no contradiction. Avraham's birthday, according to Rashi, was in Nisan. So when Hashem commanded him to do the bris in Nisan, that could easily have been on his birthday. So again, all these themes interconnect to try to figure out the timeline of all these events. Now, the Marsha in Rosh Hashanah has a nice approach to explain Rashi's overall interpretation, but it's a little bit of his own unique approach, different from the Re'em and the Maharal, so I'm going to leave it for now. So now, so far, we've seen some of the proofs in the Torah for the view that the story of the angels happened on Pesach because Lot gives them matzahs, and the Medrash interprets that the cakes Avraham was going to give them were also matzah. So there's some evidence in the Torah that these events happened around Pesach time. Now, what about the other view that they happened on Sukkot? So there is some evidence from this in the language of the Torah as well. Rabbi Yisrael Dandorovitz, in a short piece in the Moria Journal, volume 320, beginning on page 129, so he quotes that the Medrash Rabbah in Bamidbar Yudalid Beis says that when Avraham serves the guests, the angels, he says, Vihishanu tachas recline under the tree. So the Medrash understands Understands that that was a sukkah. Now Rashi also comments on that pasuk tachas ha'etz tachas ha'ilan. So Rashi saying clearly that they sat under an actual tree that was growing in the ground, not a sukkah. But the Re'aim explains why did Rashi feel a need to say this comment? Because generally the word eitz refers to a cut down piece of wood. So Rashi was reading in the Torah that it says that they sat tachas ha'etz under the wood, which generally means that it was cut down. But why would you sit under wood that's been cut down. So Rashi says here it must mean an Elon. It's referring to an actual tree and not cut pieces of wood. But that's all Rashi's view that this story happened on Pesach. So Rashi can't figure out why would they sit under pieces of wood. It must be a tree for shade. But according to the other approach that this story happened on Sukkot, so that's what the Medrash says very beautifully, that of course they sat under cut pieces of wood. That was the schach of the sukkah. And he quotes that in the Sefer Kesef Nivchar in Parshas Vayera, as well as the Sefer Mibes Avram on Sukkah Yud Aleph Aleph, quoting the Avnei Nezer, so they both ask on this medrash, how could it be that Avraham sat them in a sukkah when it says that it was under a tree? You're not allowed to build a sukkah under a tree. Why didn't he build the sukkah in the open air the way it's supposed to be? So they both assume that when the medrash says that Avraham built a sukkah, it was under the tree. But Rabbi Dandorovitz says that based on the Re'aim, we would say that the Medrash disagrees that there was a tree at all. Rashi says that there was a tree. But according to the Medrash, the word eitz does not refer to a growing tree. It refers to cut pieces of wood, which were the schach. So this is a very nice interpretation. But then he quotes from a Sefer Noi Sukkah from Skver that he claims that Rashi also means that they sat in a sukkah because the gematria of the word Elon, which is the word Rashi used, is 91, and that's the gematria of the word sukkah. So Rashi is also talking about a sukkah. So this is a very cute gematria, but it obviously goes against the whole view of Rashi that this happened on Pesach, not on sukkahs. Now, Rab Chaim Kanievsky, in his Sefer, Taima de Kra on Parshas Vayera, so he also says something cute based on this. When Avraham 
sees the visitors, he says, Vihishanu tachas ha'etz. Come sit under the tree, which as we just said from the Medrash was a sukkah. So Rab Chaim Kanievsky says, if this story happened on sukkahs, now he points out that this requires the Pnei Yehoshua's idea. Because according to Tosvos, even though the story happened around sukkahs time, but it was actually two days before sukkahs. So obviously you wouldn't be actually sitting in a sukkah two days before sukkahs on the 12th of Tishrei. But according to the Pnei Yehoshua, we saw that there is a view that the story happened on Sukkis itself. So now he explains that what Avraham was saying to the guests is that even though the halacha is that people who are traveling are exempt from a sukkah, but the Mishnah Brura in Tafresh Mem, Sifkat Mem writes that if there's an easily available sukkah, then even though they're traveling, so they should use the sukkah. So that's what Avraham said, Ki vartem al avdechem, that even though you're travelers, so theoretically you're exempt from sukkah, but you happen to come to my house and I have a sukkah that's easily available so you might as well use it because even if you're traveling but if there's a sukkah that's easily available like my sukkah says Avraham then you're obligated to use it so that's a very cute reading of this pasuk and the conversation that Avraham has with them according to the view of the Gemara and the Medrash that the story of the angels happened on sukkahs